This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Danny Cunningham and Daryl Ryder with you, filling in for Ken and Anthony right here on 92.3 The Fan. And now we go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline, bringing our friend Chris Fedor. Covers the Cavs for Cleveland.com. Does a great job. Chris, thanks for taking some time with us. You got a guess. What's going on? So the Cavs have been on a hot streak. I think it's fair to say they've won 11 of their last 14. They just absolutely roasted the Milwaukee Bucks the other night. Everyone wants to know how sustainable is this? I think it remains to be seen, honestly. I mean, I think the Cavs are wondering the same thing. I think some players are wondering the same thing. And I think some aspects of the way that they have played over the last 14 games, guys, I think it's sustainable, right? They consider themselves a defense-first team. Their defense has risen up the rankings. They are borderline top five in the entire NBA over the course of the season now. Those things can remain. Um, Those principles on the defensive end of the floor can remain. I think the big question comes on the offensive end. Over the last 14 games, they're passing the ball more than any team in the NBA. They're shooting a whole bunch of three-pointers. They're running offense at times through Jared Allen, using him more as a focal point. So the question becomes, when Darius Garland comes back and he's going to get touches and he's going to get shot attempts and he's going to get a high usage, what does that mean for Jared Allen's involvement on the offensive end? And then when Evan Mobley eventually comes back as well, because the Cavs have been using a personnel grouping that caters itself to more three-point shooting, especially with four-shooter lineups, what is that going to mean for the spacing on the floor? What is that going to mean for the shooting on the floor? Because both Jarrett and Evan, obviously, are non-shooting bigs. And stylistically, you have to run offense a different kind of way when both those guys are out there on the floor because Evan Mobley doesn't have the same perimeter skill set as Dean Wade. He doesn't have the same perimeter skill set as George Niang, two other guys that that occupy the power forward spot um, that have been getting minutes in the absence of Evan. So honestly, I mean, they believe that they can take pieces of what they have done over these 14 games and blend it together with the style that they would have to play when they're playing the two bigs. Um, but it remains to be seen because it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to, to do it and stay committed to it. So you mentioned Darius Garland. You mentioned Evan Mobley. They've both been out for quite a while. At middle of December, I think, is kind of the, the when people bookmark this run starting for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Those guys are both going to back, be back sooner than later. Who's going to be more difficult to reintegrate into this? I think it's Evan, honestly. I mean, I just think so much of what the Cavs have done during this stretch, guys, has been about three-point shooting, floor spacing, and involving Jared Allen as an offensive focal point. And those things just weren't happening to the same level when Evan Mobley and Jared Allen were out there sharing the court together. In the first month, month and a half of the season, guys, there was a clear hierarchy of offense. 
And in terms of touches per game, it was Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Max Struess, um, Karis Levert, and then Jared Allen was getting the sixth most touches of anybody on this team. He was getting as many touches during that stretch as George Niang, who is, you know, not that involved in the Cavs' offense. So that tells you just that Jared Allen, early on in the season, was basically an offensive afterthought. Since Evan Mobley and Darius Garland have gone out, Jared Allen is third in the offensive pecking order. He's third in total touches per game on this roster behind just Donovan Mitchell and Max Struess. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see the dynamic and if there's going to be somewhat of a shift. Um, And I'm wondering if there's going to be a role reversal in terms of Jared Allen being more of an offensive hub like he has been recently. When Evan Mobley is back, Evan's the one who has to take a step back on the offensive end of the floor because um, the way that Jared is playing and the way that the offense is functioning with his passing, with his playmaking, um, with his scoring ability, um, it's not something that the Cavs can afford to get away from. And the other variable in this whole thing is um, – how does the court feel? How does the court look? Are there still as many driving lanes? Is it still as open? Is there still as much movement? Because Evan Mobley is not a movement-based four. He's somebody who does most of his damage from the dunker spot. He does most of his damage inside the perimeter. Um, and I think it's going to be harder for him to maybe accept a lesser role than the one that he had at um, the beginning of the season. I just don't think that particular role offensively is going to be waiting for Evan when he gets back. Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com, and the Plain Dealer joining us. Uh, Chris, uh, could this potentially give J.B. Bickerstaff some some personnel advantages or matchup advantages uh, with the way that they're playing without Mobley and Garland, and then once those two come back and be reintegrated, give them another way and possibly depending who, because this is all about this season to me, getting in the playoffs, matching up Mm -hmm. with teams, advancing. Could this actually be a little bit of a blessing because J.B. Bickerstaff is seeing one style of play with this current group. And then you bring these other guys back and I don't know, depending who you play, maybe that, uh, you know, works for you. Or am I just reading way too much into that? No, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I don't think it's just JB that has seen a different style work and be effective and something that you can believe in moving forward. I think the players have seen a different style that can work, be effective, and they can believe in moving forward. Darius Garland has been on the sidelines seeing that this style offense going away from a pick-and-roll heavy attack can work, and it can lead to really, really good things for this team. Um I think Evan Mobley has seen Jared Allen being involved in the offensive end as much as he has been. That can be a pathway to success for this offense. So I think it's important for the players to understand that there are multiple pathways that they have to success on the offensive end. And that's what it's about, guys. Like It's not just about playing, oh, this is our style. We're going to continue to do it. We're going to be the best at it. No, to me, like when you get into a seven-game series, so much is about matchups. So much is about opponents. So much is about adjusting game to game and in game, you have to be diverse on the offensive end of the floor. You have to be able to play big. You have to be able to play fast. You have to be able to play slow. 
You have to be able to have success shooting from the outside and inside. So the more styles that you can play throughout the course of the regular season and you can lean into and learn about and see the success of, that is absolutely going to help you in a seven-game series because not every matchup is going to demand you playing a certain kind of way or the same kind of way. It's going to demand you playing a certain kind of way that one, matches your personnel, and two, exploits the weaknesses of the other team. I I know this will trouble some of the national media that are trying to will Donovan Mitchell out of Cleveland. (laughs) Um, And I admit, I haven't been in the locker room this year, was in the locker room last year. The guy looks pretty happy here. Um, Am I misreading something here? I I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to spend the rest of his life with the Cavaliers, but (laughs) he doesn't look like a guy that's got a foot out the door to me. I've talked to Donovan about this so many different times over the last month, month and a half, and he says the same thing every time this conversation comes up, that I'm happy where I'm at. I believe in the group that we have, and I believe that we can do special things with this group, especially when Darius and Evan come back and we get closer to full strength. So I think from a basketball standpoint, and that's something that matters deeply to Donovan, I think he feels good about the Cavs' chances. I think he feels good about the way that they've played. I think he feels good about the fact that they've rallied around these injuries and they have found a way to continue to climb up the standings. They're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, despite the fact that they've only had their starting five, their projected starting five, for 11 total games, despite the fact that some of their most important players have already missed key stretches for them to be four seed in the Eastern Conference, given everything that they've dealt with so far this year, everybody inside this organization deserves a ton of credit. And yes, everybody understands that the judgment for this team is going to come in the playoffs. They've earned that. They deserve that. And based on what happened last year, they already showed that they can be a successful regular season team. They've already shown that they could take that step as an organization, going from play-in contender to playoff contender and winning 50 games. So it's not about celebrating those things for them in the regular season, but when you see some things that they've been able to overcome and you see some things that are working for them, I think it's fair to point out that they do deserve credit for figuring this thing out the way that they have. Um, And if the Cavs get to the playoffs, and if they have another flameout in the first round, then maybe that changes the conversation internally that the Cavs um, are going to have when it comes to Donovan Mitchell and his future, and maybe that changes um, Donovan's perspective about where this organization is going and whether it's the organization to finally help him get past the second round. Um, but right now, like this is a very good basketball situation for Donovan Mitchell, and he does seem very, very happy, and he does seem like he believes in the direction of this organization. Chris, can the Cavs make it a better basketball situation between now and three weeks from yesterday when the trade deadline is? How active do you expect this team to be? I do expect them to be active, but that doesn't mean that I expect them to do something significant and all of a sudden um, drastically change their roster. I, I get the sense, guys, that they're looking at this very similar to the way that they looked at the offseason. You know, 
so many fans were talking about, oh, what's the big move that the Cavs can make in the offseason? Where's Jared Allen going to get traded to? Do they need to move on from Karis LeVert? And they were talking about like some of the top-level players. that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. They had, and maybe shuffling that, and the Cavs were looking at it saying, let's improve around the margins. We understand some of the flaws that were exposed in that series against New York. We understand we need more shooting, we need more spacing, we need more toughness, we need more playoff experience, we need more capable ball handlers, and so um, we need to fortify our bench because it was the third worst bench in the NBA last season, and they looked at it as those are the moves that are going to help us take the next step, not the drastic shakeup, not the panic button type moves. And I think they're looking at the trade deadline the same kind of way. Look, like if an opportunity presents itself and it's one that this organization can't turn down for somebody like Karis LeVert or if they get blown away for an offer for like Jared Allen that gives them the 3 and D wing that's an all-star caliber player, they'd be foolish not to consider that, right? But the sense that I get is that they're looking, how do we fortify this rotation? Like, can we make the seventh, eighth, ninth guy in this rotation a little bit better in a two-for-one type deal? Um, and the two would be, you know, some combination of Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, Ty Jerome, Damian Jones, Sam Merrill. Like, those guys at the back end of the rotation, is there a way to upgrade those particular spots um, by packaging multiple players and maybe sending out draft capital? But again, I just think it's, once again, small moves around the margins to try and um, improve this team and um, bring in different skill sets that that might be able um, to better help them in a seven-game series. Substance over style, what a concept. Uh, Chris, um, you know, the the friendship between J.B. Bickerstaff and Kevin Stefanski is is well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with what the Browns went through this year, uh, from an injury uh, standpoint, many a time, uh, you know, you thought it was a season killer uh, type of a, a situation with the injuries. 
Mobley and Garland getting hurt. It's hard not to have those same thoughts. But how much has that friendship that JB has with Kevin helped him navigate what we saw Stefanski navigate this past season? Yeah, I think JB will tell you that he's the kind of guy that is going to reach out to as many smart people as possible to try and get um, any kind of advice, you know, going into the playoffs last year, um, because that was pretty foreign territory for JB. He only been um, the head coach of, of a playoff team once in his career. And he was with the Houston Rockets playing against the dynastic golden state warriors. And that ended quickly as well. So because he didn't have that same level of experience, he even said he reached out to Terry Francona and just asked them, like, hey, pressure-packed moments. Um, hey, when, when things um, get very, very difficult, um, when adversity hits, like, how do you handle those kinds of things? So he is the kind of guy that will reach out to his contacts in the NBA, outside the NBA, and look for advice. Just because as many smart people as you can surround yourself with, as many smart people as you can talk to, about certain things that you don't know, um, that's going to help you. And and I do think that there is some common ground between JB and Kevin just in terms of dealing with adversity, um, trying to rally a team around injuries, um, and trying to get the most out of a roster that, that isn't complete. Um, those kinds of things Kevin Stefanski showed he was able to overcome. He had to play different styles with his quarterback. He had to implement different game plans based on the quarterback that he had at his disposal. So I do think that that is something um, that both guys can talk about and they can learn from each other on. Chris, I'll get you out of here on this one. How many all-stars are the Cavs going to have this year? I think it's one, but Jarrett is very, very, very close. Um, I was breaking it down. And look, the way that it works is um, fans slash media members slash players are going to vote for the starters. And, and we're not even talking about Jared Allen being an all-star starter in the front court. Those spots are already taken. No matter what happens, it's going to be Jason Tatum. It's going to be Giannis. It's going to be Embiid. Everybody knows that. So Jared's path is as a reserve. And that means the coaches are going to be looking at those spots. And I think they probably have a better understanding of the kind of value that he brings to the table, the kind of impact that he has on a possession-to-possession basis, and the way that some of the things that make him so special don't always show up in the box score, and that could help him. But it's like there are only three guaranteed front court reserve spots. There could be two more, depending on how those are split up. Um, but the three guaranteed makes it a little difficult, right? Because you're talking about Kristaps Porzingis. Boston is the best team in the NBA, probably going to have two all-stars. So is it Porzingis? Is it Jalen Brown? Paulo Bancaro has been great for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Jimmy Butler is always somebody who is going to get respect of the coaches. Bam Adebayo in Miami. So you just start looking at the other players that are competing for those same backup front court spots in the all-star game. And it gets really, really close for Jarrett. Like if they take five front court players, I think he's in. 
if they only take four front court players because there's so many really good guards in the Eastern Conference that are going to get spots too, then I don't think he's in. Chris, thank you so much for the time. Safe travels on this road trip. You got a guest anytime. There he is, Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. You can read him there. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Fedor. Of course, Chris appears as all guests do on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 